Today's show is recorded on November the 20th, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the organizer himself. Caffeine Rage? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm that organized. Nah, you do the show notes. You said you had a bullet point list this week. It was the first thing that popped into my head, so I, I went with it. Anyways, on today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games we have played over the last couple of weeks since we needed to run a Franken episode last week. Fire Sale Episode 3, Return of the Walking Dead. Yes, we're talking about Telltale once again. Valve discontinues the Steam Link hardware. Star Citizen celebrates its anniversary and $200 million raised with a free week and new planet. Fallout 76. What a shit pile. (laughs) We're going to just talk about this for a little bit. Uh, We will have our... Well, a mention of our community corner and our Steam Weekly Discovery queue. Timestamps. Timestamps? Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. What's Shmamps? I don't I don't know what, how or why it came out that way, but it did. And it's okay. I just went with it. Maybe you had too much cheese. Um, Maybe too much monster... I'm on monster number four today. Yeah, you need to lower the dosage. It was, I mean, either, maybe. Yeah, either that, either lower the dosage or raise it so much that you hit that caffeine nirvana. You know that uh, point where everything just kind of slows down right yeah. before you crash, had, or your heart explodes. One of the two. <laughs> I had two sixteen ounce monsters today, and then I had two of the. I think they're 30, 20, they're either 28 or 32 ounces. I don't know if you've seen them or not before, but they're the big ones with the, like the pop top lids that you can actually screw back on. Uh, are these the uh, ones that come in the uh, gallon drums? You know, the 55 gallon drums? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, okay, Dara I ask s- why you have to ha- uh, How many ounces is this? <laughs> That's a lot, like a half a gallon worth of monster energy drink today uh, now the question Let's, is whenever you go to the bathroom are you just gonna bottle it uh, and uh, reuse it you know go full bear girls because you're gonna be pissing monster at this point yeah i'm gonna use that to uh like gasoline it's gonna have so much octane in it i also had coffee today i had two cups of coffee today i have i've had a, a really busy yesterday and today, and expect a very busy tomorrow. It's uh, it's Thanksgiving here in the United States for our international listeners who might not be aware. Yeah, it's turkey uh, killing day. So this week, I had Thursday, or will have Thursday and Friday off, time travel, recordings, ooh. But um, that means that I had to cram a week's worth of appointments into three days, and I'm slowly dying on the inside. Yeah, and that's, Although I'm not uh, sure if it's the appointments or the caffeine that's killing me. Uh, well, I'm not hurting you much, so. Uh, and but slowly dying on the inside, and this is before your family shows up. Yeah, I know. Which I'm not going to get into that. You know the story about what happened. I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast though, because I honestly don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to lead in that story. It was more just yeah, you know, a general, right? 
Oh, sweet baby Jesus. I just logged on and checked my schedule for tomorrow because I'm thinking about it. And I have a cancellation. I get a lunch. <laughs> I get a lunch tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block that off right now <laughs> while I'm sitting here. Select activity, clinic activity, block. Executive time. Message, lunch. Show message to front desk. What? Yes, I'm doing work right now, giving myself a lunch. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle, or a Thanksgiving miracle. So, so you're not going to be twitching as much uh, tomorrow from just having to sustain yourself on pure monster energy. I'm going to take a nap tomorrow during that time. I'm the guy that has caffeine in his name, and I haven't drank nearly that much caffeine in the last, like, week. <laughs> I have two coffees in the morning. You know? And uh, I was occasionally a uh, a cold brew coffee, which is, like, one and a half uh, mugs worth. I mean, maybe that's why I hurt so much. Symptoms of caffeine. Overdose. Poisoning, overdose. Let's see, you may include breathing trouble. I always have breathing trouble. Changes in alertness, maybe confusion. What? Always <laughs> convulsions. No diarrhea. No dizziness. No fever. No hallucinations. No increased thirst. Yes. Increased urination. No regular heartbeat. No muscle twitching. No rapid heartbeat. Trouble sleeping. Vomiting. No, and no. So I don't think I'm overdosing on caffeine. Oh, so uh, you're good to record with me tonight. Got it. Probably my blood pressure's up, though. That's probably a thing. So, uh, moving right along? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do that. Uh, That's after- enough about my my addiction issues. I Seriously, I hadn't thought about it until just now, but... I've had a lot of caffeine today. Yeah, I was sitting here, you know, trying to do the math in my head and thinking, 32, 32. Now, that's, th- this seems like a lot. <laughs> this seems like an unhealthy amount of, uh, of caffeine. And once again, this is coming from me. How much caffeine is in your energy drink? Let's figure this. I have to, I have to figure this out and then we'll move on. Uh, come on, WebMD. I'm I'm just waiting for it to tell me cancer. <laughs> cancer is actually in your energy drink. Oh my god! I, I mean, uh, cancer is the lupus of uh, WebMD, right? <laughs> yeah. Why are these not in alphabetical order? That's stupid. Is it by caffeine dosage? Hmm. No, yes, from least to most. Well, you got me there. Uh, it was a fair guess, right? If it wasn't alphabetical, it's uh, likely caffeine or uh, sugar. Would be my uh, would have been my second guess. Right, seventy milligrams per eight ounces. So let's just. Where's my calculator here? Calculator. Okay, so 70 times, we'll just say a half gallon for easy. That's what, 64 ounces for easy math. Oh, shit. 70 times 64. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. I did that wrong. Yeah, it was per per eight, isn't it? Yeah, per eight. So that's eight servings. Five hundred and sixty milligrams of caffeine. Well, um, according to the Mayo Clinic, uh, the safe limit for most healthy adults is uh four hundred milligrams. Plus, I had two cups of coffee, which per eight ounces, I believe, are somewhere around like a hundred milligrams of caffeine. So I'm at like eight to nine hundred for the day. Plus, I had some Diet Coke earlier. There's caffeine in Diet Coke. Maybe a thousand. Let's just go for an easy thousand. It's like a thousand milligrams of caffeine for the day, guys. You're, you're trying to go full John Henry and just have your heart explode, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> that is an excellent song. <laughs> um, I don't know who sings it. The, the uh, one I'm thinking of, anyways. Well, it's like a hard rock song. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I like this down. on uh, Mayo Clinic. You drink more than four uh, cups of coffee a day. You may want to cut back if you're drinking more than four cups of caffeine, uh, caffeinated coffee a day or the equivalent. And you're experiencing this, uh, the side effects uh, such as migraines, insomnia, nervousness, uh, irritability, oh. uh, and also known as my entire personality. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song I'm thinking of. I'll put the link to this. Just like paste it somewhere and you can fix it in the show notes. Just so anybody who's interested can look it up. <laughs> okay, anyways, now that we have uh, bantered on. I for mean, technically, week, I drink more than four cups because I drink half a pot uh, in my yeah, two mugs, but, you know, that's at the very beginning of the day. Yeah. Alrighty. So, uh, and that's enough about caffeine. Uh, let's talk about the games that we played this week, Rage. You had one, yeah. although it's uh, big. Yeah, I have one I that's two. big uh, because, you know, it's the big update for Warframe. But that's not the only thing I've been playing. Once again, though, you know, Warframe's kind of the ongoing thing for me. So I'm playing it whenever I'm not talking about it. But uh, this is a, well, last week uh, is the, the week that, you know, a big update's come out. So, you know, there's stuff to talk about, but. Uh, just a little bit of a teaser. I've also been playing a little bit of Blood Bowl 2. Not enough to really get a feel for it yet. Uh, they do some interesting things on how they present info, which I'm not sure about yet. And I was going to stream Grim Dawn, but I went on a food sojourn and uh, screwed up my shoulder slash rib. It was a kind of an odd spot. Uh, let's just put it this way. Trainee bus driver. Well, he knew the the skill stop bus. Like, he had mastered that skill. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he also uh, mastered the skill Miss Exit. No. <laughs> oh. I didn't tell you about that, did I? You did not. Yeah, the, uh, the bus system here. Uh, well, uh, well uh, be sure to put the, uh, the timestamp for this after my little uh, sub story. Uh, the uh, bus here, uh, the one that I ride getting back home, it's one of the longer routes. It's like an hour and a half for the entire uh, a half of a loop, you know, from start point to end point before it turns around and heads back. 
uh, it's kind of a meandering thing, and it go, uh, goes off the main drag and cuts through uh, various towns here and there. Well, the bus driver missed a turnoff to go to one of the towns that's uh, the main uh, road that uh, the bus essentially follows. Uh, this town is essentially under the underpass and is in this little valley below the uh, main roadway. Uh, so you have to take it, uh, uh, go down and go uh, under the bridge and that sort of thing. And he missed it. So, <laughs> uh, and the fun part was that his supervisor is there and he was the one that was teaching him the route because the guy was pretty much brand new. He mastered stop bus and that was about it. <laughs> And he was standing up in the front of the bus, uh, you know, holding him for dear life. Because there was a couple times I was certain I was going to watch this guy fly through the windshield. All right. <laughs> that should give you an idea of you know, what I was dealing with here. He was up there texting someone. And he looks up and says, no, wait, you got to take the exit here. Just as the bus goes zoom, right past it. <laughs> Uh, so thank, <laughs> thankfully, uh, this town it, where it's situated in this little valley, uh, it has really two entrances. Yeah, you know, uh, one uh, on either side of the town. So they went in on the other side, down went around through town, did this kind of half-assed <laughs> U-turn uh, past the main bus stop down there, and went back up and through and it put them way behind schedule and the bus was running late to begin with. <laughs> so, uh, there was a guy that I actually went to high school with that was getting on the bus that, uh, uh, at the same stop I was getting off and, oh uh, yeah, we, uh, said hi and everything. And, uh, later I get a message from him, uh, talking about how the bus was so late that he missed his transfer and he was cussing up a storm. <laughs> I'm just saying, and I just said, yeah, uh, we uh, kind of missed the town and had to go back. Uh, sorry. <laughs> kind of missed the town and had to go back. <laughs> well, there was also the, you know, uh, the only in West Virginia moment that I had on the bus uh, going uh, to the store was that uh, the bus was cut off by a coal truck. <laughs> just... Uh, yeah, hear the bus driver cussing up a storm, look up and just see the back end of this giant coal truck. <laughs> Too bad it's not a coal train. Uh, I'll, I'll, Sorry, I'll, uh, okay. I'll listen to coal train later. So. What, what, am I not allowed to like John Coltrane? You are. You're allowed. Because I do like my jazz. I too. Uh, that, no, no, that's an actual artist. <laughs> I know, I know. I know these things. I'm not that uncultured. Okay, but now right. we're at the point where the timestamp will jump in, so people can skip all our little meandering intro to the games we played. Uh, and as we talked about, you know, five minutes ago, I have one, you have two. And I'm kicking off with Warframe, uh, skipping the game that I did a little bit of pre-streaming testing and a little bit of 
goofing around with for a different one. So Warframe had its big update for Tuna. And I have a set of bullet points here because I want to make sure I hit everything. Or at least for this time around, because I will be talking about Fortuna again because they split the patch for a good reason, and we'll get to that later. And I want to talk about the storyline, first of all. Warframe, it's not just a grinding mess. It does have a story, and the story for this update is fucking dark. Okay. Uh, this is a debt enslavement camp that you're essentially trying to help liberate from one of the major factions in the game. Uh, it's set on Venus, and kind of funny that we talked about terraforming beforehand, uh, before you know, uh, we got into the show, because uh, this debt internment camp is trying to repair some of the ancient terraforming technology that actually kind of worked a little too well on Venus and froze the planet. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Uh, so, Interesting. so they're trying to repair it to be able to make it Earth-like because Earth got fucked up in uh, the Warframe universe. And uh, pretty much every major character in uh, the Fortuna update is in debt in one way or another. And it's a very, very, very dark storyline whenever you look into, into some of the lore where uh, people gone to debt, so they had to get augments to their body. Everybody is cyber, uh, cybernetic to one degree or another in Fortuna. And uh, to be able to work a more high-paying job. But because they got their augments it put them further into debt, so they have to get more augments to try to pay off the loan payments for the first set, and it just turns into a cycle. And that's not even getting into the people that inherited other people's debt. There was, in the ARG that was leading up to this, talking about a couple people that actually inherited their parents' debt uh, when th they were killed in an accident. And that's possible sarcasm quotes there. To the point where you know, they got something called brain shelved, which is kind of the ultimate uh, repo, where after a certain point, you're so much cybernetics, you become, well, to borrow uh, a movie line, more machine than man. And whenever the corpus comes to repo, and there's not enough to keep you, well, alive. They'll brain shelf you where they'll take your brain and, well, put it on a shelf and essentially hold you hostage for your family and friends to try to, you know, make the minimum payments to get you out of cold storage. Fucking dark, huh? That is very dark. It's very, like, dystopian sci-fi. Uh, this is... Uh, Full-on cyberpunk. I mean, the main town, uh, Fortuna itself, uh, it looks cyberpunk. It has all the neon. It uh, uh, has everybody with cybernetics going around. And uh, a rather earwormy uh, <laughs> chain gang song uh, for the intro. I mean, it is dark as fuck. And I absolutely am amazed by the story by this yeah the, the back uh the lure of it and i want to know where they go with it you know 
Yeah. And just talking about how, you know, uh, the uh, cycle going around where, you know, uh, they're not able to uh, do anything but the, you know, baseline payments because uh, the corpus are essentially, it's kind of uh, ties into my state's history where uh, the coal mines here would, you know, get people into debt themselves uh, here and just, you know, essentially turn them into a legalized form of slaves. You know, the uh, the debt, the wage slaves. That's exactly what's happening here. And it's just done really well. And, well, uh, for the gameplay overall, they've added a lot of option to this. Uh, to be able to progress through the main, well, factions. There's three in this expansion. Uh, there's the uh, Solaris United, which is essentially the main town, and all your vendors are tied to it. Uh, there's the Vox Solaris, which is the, you know, the people's, uh, uh, the uh, underground resistance, which also happens to contain most of the people in the town, but, you know, the corpus doesn't know that. And then there's the Vent Kids, which is tied into the new mode of transit in uh, this update. Which I think uh, you would really enjoy if you got around to playing it. Uh, hoverboards. Are these the, uh, yeah, I was going to say, are these the hoverboards you mentioned when, yesterday? Yeah, I mean, they're all very British sounding. You know, talking about leverage, <laughs> you know, getting the leverage on the corpus. Yeah. And the Minute Kids are just hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, a matter of fact, uh, the top rank for the vent kids uh faction it's called logical <laughs> nice they just made up a bunch of uh weird phrases for him which uh sounds very skate punk uh cyberpunk uh ish so yeah it really ties in really nicely uh, i'm actually very impressed with how they handled this which you know warframe may be my blind spot i don't know I will admit that it is still grindy as hell, but because they added options to the grind that you're able to kind of parse out you know, where you put your focus. And they also went in and changed a lot of things. Uh, for example, they changed how pets work. Uh, in uh, the game beforehand, you had sentinels, which are essentially just uh, robotic companions that would hover over your shoulder. And you had kubras, which were dogs. And Kavits, which were cats. And honestly, the Kubros and the Kavits were not exactly very useful. Because they lacked a loot pickup mechanic that the Sentinels had. And also, uh, there was a lot more useful mods for the Sentinels than there were the Kubros and the Kavits. Well, uh, in this expansion, they balanced that out. They added a, a, a loot pickup mechanic for... Uh, the uh, the non-robotic pets is what they are calling them now. And they added a lot of different mods to be able to make them a lot more useful. And I'm seeing a lot more people use the biological uh, pets, which before, you know, it would it, they did a rundown of all the companions uh, people uh, were using in one of the dev streams. It was like yeah. all the... Uh, 
uh, Sentinels, and then they started getting to like the most popular uh, Kubros, <laughs> which was just uh, they they were very upset at you know how it was uh, shaking down, and they wanted to change it, and they did, and it was for the best. And they also added a new set of pets, or a new pet type, I should say, Moas, which is their first modular pet. Uh, they've had a mo- okay. a modular weapons before, were, uh, called Zaws in the fr- uh, in the first major open world expansion. In this, uh, there's two modular systems: there's kit guns and the Moa pets, which work kind of the same way, where. Each of the vendors, uh, Legs, which is uh, this uh, pretty much full cybernetic guy that was actually repoed in the opening storyline, and they actually ripped his legs or ripped his arms off, so he's just a pair of like he has a pair of legs and that's it. Okay. And I'm blanking on the other uh, woman that uh, sells the kit guns, her name, but she's uh, uh, her cybernetics is kind of fraud so she's actually hearing voices and it's coming off a little schizophrenic the the characters are a lot more colorful this time around and there's actually one character that I think is probably the most interesting one in the bunch both uh, function and what they may be which we'll get to in a little bit but both these vendors follow essentially the same method where uh, the MOAs and the kit guns uh, have different parts which modify how the component or how the requisite completed object works. So for example, the kit guns, there's four different barrels which uh, 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 sets the type of gun, whether it's uh, a a giant laser, a semi-automatic machine pistol, a uh, essentially a flamethrower, for lack of a better term, or or, or I should say, a, a more generalized term, because I know exactly what it is. But uh, saying arcoplasmor is pretty useless to you. Uh, and you're able to build out the weapon or pet for uh, you know how you exactly want it. So for the MOAs, you're able to set it if it's more offensive or defensive or a more utility pet. Be able to set up the different stats and tweak them a little bit. And it's a very in-depth system that offers itself to a lot of min-maxing if you really want to uh, to get into the nitty-gritty. But uh, if you're really caring about what's the best, there's probably going to be two or three uh, uh, different kit guns that are considered the best. And then there's going to be probably one for each type of the MOAs, which they are talking about adding in more parts uh, for both systems. So the fact that they're uh, continuously adding to that is an interesting thing to make it so that it's not stagnant. But it offers a lot of personalization and it's a resource sink, which the game has severely needed for quite a while. But it's also very easy to get the newer resources because of the changes that they did to mining and fishing. Uh, you remember the mining in the uh, first expansion, right? You did some of that, right? Um, <clears throat> No, I never did. But, I mean, I saw it. You talked about it, and I've seen it. Yeah, where... Uh, I haven't played Warframe in forever. Yeah, like a year and a half or two years now? Yeah. 
something like that. Uh, well, originally, whenever you went up to a mining node uh, in one, in the first open world expansion, uh, you saw an outline uh, that you just kind of just traced the mining laser around it, and you know that was it. You're done. Well, they changed that because they had a problem where uh, the mining nodes would sometimes spawn in odd spots for the on the world geometry. And if you're looking at it uh, the wrong way, you could either not see part of the uh, uh, outline, have the outline be distorted because you're looking at it uh, whenever it's going over like a little uh, lip in the uh, rock, or you know, just not be able to do it at all. So they changed it to a hot point system where uh, each node has between one and three points that you uh, click and hold on. And essentially, it's heating up the rock to uh, break it loose. And it's also a lot faster, most of the time. If you're getting one with three points, it's usually a, a bit uh, longer. But it's more consistent, which is something that I like. And they also changed it where there's not as many different lasers this time. In the first expansion, there was three different mining lasers. There was three different fishing spears. And each mining laser was a direct upgrade to the previous one, but you had to get all of them. So it was a needless uh, reputation sink. This time around, there's one mining laser and there's two spears. Uh, and the fishing spears this time around aren't interchangeable depending on what you're fishing up. In uh, Venus, as part of the old uh, terraforming tech, they released robotic fish to essentially just help uh, maintain the uh, underwater mechanics. Well, because people are so in debt and are so destitute, uh, they're taking some of the extra fish that are out there because they self-reproduce. Because of course they do, right? And they yeah. uh, and they strip them down for parts. Well, this time around, instead of having three different spears for different fish, and you know, one spear is good against uh, fish that. Uh, have a uh, hard shell. One is uh, good against uh, you know tough scales, which is completely different from hard shells, by the way. Uh, this time, uh, there's one uh, spear, and then there's one that's a direct upgrade to it, and that's it. And you could actually skip the first one if you, uh, you know, so choose. Uh, w uh, you, and you're also able to go in with the old fishing stuff, but if you skip the uh, all the new fishing stuff and just use the old, you... Uh, damage the fish because you're actually harpooning them instead of uh, doing an EMP pulse like the new ones do. So, you know, it makes sense. But it's uh, a more uh, condensed version of what they did with the fishing mechanics and the mining mechanics of the previous expansion. Which, for once, is for the better, you know? Because usually I don't like it when they overly simplify things, but this, it makes a lot more sense because there was a, a lot of times that, you know, Trying to figure out what spear to use you know, was guesswork at best. So it was a, a needless uh, complexity that added really nothing to the mechanic. And yeah, uh, and the upgraded spear, what it does is that whenever it sends out the EMP pulse, it will stun nearby in uh, well nearby fish. So there's a chance that if something else is get gets caught in the EMP pulse. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to hit, so you could chain them together. 
which for uh, the fishing where sometimes there's a very small window of opportunity to catch the particular fish that you want because instead of a day-night cycle, because Venus is pretty much tidally locked to the sun. It's uh, close to uh, uh, a year for a full day. Uh, uh, well, tidally locked is a, the improper term, but it has a very slow rotational period. So instead of doing a you know real time day night cycle, they're just uh, had a, a weather period where it's sometimes it's slightly warmer and sometimes it's uh, slightly cooler. Or sometimes it's very cold. And different fish show up, show up at different times. So that's where the mechanic comes in of being able to chain uh, grab a lot of fish. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the new mechanic that they added in, or the new minigame, I guess I should say. Well, there's two. There's the K-Drive, which is essentially Back to the Future hoverboards. And no, I'm not talking about wussy, you know, stand on and, uh, yeah, yeah, you roll around on wheels. This is full on Back to the Future hoverboards. Uh, with a jet set radio-like, uh, trick system added in to actually grind up the rep. <laughs> Uh, this time, quite literally, because you're grinding on pipes, you're doing flips and tricks, and uh, the K drives are moddable because they're full on uh, vehicles. And one of the mods I have, for example, whatever you dismount, uh, instead of just despawning, the K drive will just drive off. Uh, uh, pretty much all the time, it does that. But if you have a mod on it, it can actually do damage to enemies that it hits. Uh, so I've taken up uh, essentially bowling, <laughs> come up behind something that doesn't see me uh, coming, dismount and just bowl something over and either kills it outright or you know, just really damages it, which is always amusing. Uh, but the Vink Kids uh, rep that that's tied to is really easy to grind up. It's just, yep, yeah, it can be passive if you really want it to be, but I gotta be honest that the K drives they, uh, they're both the best and the worst part of this expansion because they don't make a lot of sense. Uh, or Berlaus, which is the open world, what the open world is called, is a very mountainous region, and you have access to the previous vehicle. Well, it should I should say the. Uh, the ability to use the vehicle they had before, the Arcwing, which is flying in a mountainous area compared to a hoverboard. The hoverboard does still have its place, of course, but it's not as useful as I think they would have expected it to be. Maybe once you hit max rank, which I'm not quite there yet, I think I'm about four or five days away from maxing out on both of the... Uh, uh, the Solaris United and the Vent Kids reps. Uh, that once you fully out, uh, mod out the K drive, it's a lot more useful. But uh, honestly, just see it as either you know giving around or for short range uh, transportation. It's not uh, you know going all the way across the map. It's far too slow for that. That's fun. It's a lot of fun actually. Takes a little bit of getting used to, but. Once you get a whole, uh, yeah, you know, get the hang of it. It's yeah, a hell of a ride. <laughs> and the other kind of mini game that they added is hunting. Oh, okay. technically not hunting, uh, more conserving, 
because you're using a tranquilizer rifle and you're trying to save endangered species from being eradicated by the corpus. And it's a full-blown minigame where you start off by finding leavings from the various animals. Yes, you're finding poop. Sweet. No, poop. (laughs) And then you follow the tracks uh, uh, to essentially a nest area. And different animals have different lures, and you have to uh, kind of figure out exactly how the animal uh, uh, call is made. And it's uh, it's an odd mechanic where uh, the pitch of the uh, uh, mating call is dictated by how far up and down you're looking. So think of it as like a trombone, you know? Okay. And sometimes they'll they'll reply and you have to answer them. Thankfully, they show, you know, the proper area to uh, be able to reply on the meter itself in game. And you don't have to do it by ear. Otherwise, that would be horrendous. But anyway, after you track uh, to their nest and then you do the mating call, uh, the animal shows up and you have to tranquilize them. Uh, which is a uh, trank gun that you're given, or that you can, uh, well, you're not given, you're, you buy it, but it's pretty cheap. But it's another way to build up your reputation. And uh, that between between that, the mining, which is also reputation for gems, uh, uh, debt bonds, which I haven't gotten to yet, uh, doing bounties, uh, which is a lot easier to do since they put in a way to start other bounties without going back into town itself. There's a lot of options here. And that's made the grind feel less, well, grindy. Oh, and I should say that the hunting mechanic, I haven't gotten it yet. I haven't uh, spent enough time on it because you pretty much have to have a dedicated uh, stealth warframe to be able to do them because, you know, they get spooked. Yeah, because they're uh, endangered species. Of course, they're going to be spooked, right? Uh, if you capture if you capture five of them, you could trade in the tags that you're given for floofs, which is stuffed animals. <laughs> Okay. Uh, that you can put in your landing craft uh, as cosmetics. And people have gone fucking insane with these. Uh, this is the screenshot I sent you. Remember the one with the, the council of floofs? <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. That, that's the uh, that's the reward for uh, hunting. Nice. And it's pretty grindable. I'm, uh, all about that. Uh, it's pretty easy to do. And it's a pretty decent uh, uh, reputation as well, if I recall correctly. And it also depends on you know, how well you do it. Because if you do a perfect one where they don't, don't get spooked at all, you know, you get a lot more depending on you know, if you startled them and they start running off and you're just you know, tagging them as they're running. But depending on the species, you have a chance to you know, get two or three captures in one go. So it's pretty easy to get the floofs if you dedicate a little bit of time to it, but I just haven't dedicated the time to it. I just got, you know, kind of gotten my feet wet with the hunting. But yeah, people have gone insane with stuffed animal hunting. <laughs> and they're adding more, of course, because yeah. Uh, that, that's the thing, is that this update, it, this is part one of the update. They've purposely split this update into two parts. Uh, to mm, partly uh, you know, get it out a little bit sooner. 
uh, and to be able to polish the base systems before throwing in the big boss fights. And also to you know, not have the grind be so crazy, where you're having to grind up to get a particular thing to be able to get the boss fights. If the previous open world expansion is anything to go by, because there are certain giant spider-like enemies that are the size of houses. <laughs> I-, I sent you a screenshot of that as well, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, these are big son of bitches. And they're completely invulnerable right now, so yeah, there's going to be like some mechanic that makes them vulnerable or something that you uh, get through one of the reputations or something like that that will make them killable, but they're not killable yet. That's going to be part two, as well as advancing the storyline. But, yeah, it's a very, very interesting way to do the update, where they've split it like this. But it also shows that they learned a lot of lessons from the previous open world expansion. Yeah, the Plains of Alaris. Because, yeah, having the fishing be uh, both simplified and not, because they also changed the mechanic of how it works. It's not just an instant catch. You have to do a little bit of a timing thing there as well, like they have in the mining. Uh, have it where the mining laser also, there's only one of them and it's a direct upgrade. So, you know, you could skip all the previous grinding on that. Uh, they've definitely shown, uh, you know, they've done their homework. They've uh, improved a lot of systems. And speaking of improving systems, I haven't talked about Ticker yet. Ticker is, to me, the most interesting character in this. All right. A masculine voice. But she constantly refers her to herself as she. So either her voice module is malfunctioning. All right. Uh, she couldn't afford a female voice, which is a possibility. Or we're talking a full-on transgendered character here as a primary... Uh, well, not quest giver, but a primary character, which is uh, you know, really interesting. And I'm pretty sure this character is also a, do- a, a big David Bowie reference because she's constantly calling you Stardust <laughs> and talking about uh, herself in the third person. Yeah. You know, and is very flamboyant, which is yeah another thing that makes me kind of lean towards the, the more transgen- transgender drought. But uh, Ticker is also a very important NPC because she is also a big Resource stink. Sink, not stink. Sink. The problem with a looter shooter is that eventually you have too much loot. I think that's a fair thing to say, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Especially uh, resources. Where uh, the very basic resources, you're eventually going to have so much of it that, you know, you just don't care anymore. Oh, I got scrap metal. I got, uh, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of another very basic uh, uh, (laughs) material now and they're so basic now that yeah I don't don't care anymore that they show up well Ticker has the debt bonds which are uh, can be turned in for rip as well but they're also uh, what you get in the bounties that's required to level up to the next tier of of the reputation of the central reputation I should say uh, is these debt bonds, and there's five different types. Well, 
Tigger has debts that show up in her inventory, uh, essentially just randomized, you know, little NPCs that uh, it gives you a little bit of history of, and you're able to buy these debt bonds, but also sink some of these, you know, absolutely absurd amount of back resources into to be able to you know, burn some of this massive catalog that you have uh, to skip some of the grind. Once again, yeah, you know, making the, making a very grindy game slightly less grindy and also giving a way for the veterans of the game to you know, get past the opening sequence so you can get to the more challenging bits a lot sooner. Because the way the debt bonds are set up you have to essentially go through the bounties in sequence. You know, the very lowest tier has the uh, debt bonds that you need for the to get up to uh, rank two. The rank two bounties has uh, uh, the enough debt bonds or the type of debt bonds to get up to rank three, and so on. So it shows that they understand that there's a lot of resources that you know need to be spent that just can't be spent. But also, there needs to be a way to shortcut without just, you know, having, you know, mining or fishing carry the entire weight of it. So, having a secondary way to get past the randomness that bounties have, especially since they made the debt bonds themselves a part of the uh, reward table. So, it uh, otherwise, you would be relying on the RNG itself uh, as a shortcut for veterans, but also a way to kind of smooth out, you know, bad luck. So Tigger is a very, very interesting character in that, and like I said, both regards, both uh, the character herself and also just the function that she serves. Uh, and I think that's all my bullet points. I didn't talk about the open world itself. It's, they did drop uh, the uh, randomized, uh, incursions that they called them on the planes where uh, if you're on the, the open world, uh, it just pops up a uh, mission that you could accept for an additional thing. Instead, they just allowed you to pick up uh, another bounty and go off on another chain of uh, missions instead, which is nice. They added a couple more varieties of uh, mission types. Uh, they added a spa mission, which I have to say is my least favorite out of their group, but mostly because I don't do sneaky stabby stuff. I'm more in your face and shoot you with a goddamn shotgun. Right? <laughs> yeah, you tend to if you still play the same way you used to, get all up in their face. Yeah, I I'm I'm the more tanky type, so yeah. Uh so the spy missions obviously wouldn't be my favorite, but I do understand that people uh do enjoy them. Uh there's uh uh Missions where you have to protect excavators, uh, that's a baseline mission as well, but it's a lot more interesting because you have to protect two at once. So it's not quite as a point defense system as it was before. It requires a lot more fluid uh, movement and a lot more uh, you know, on-your-feet uh, uh, defensive uh, posturing. Oh, and all the bounties also have a bonus objective. Well, that's something I forgot to mention. Where, uh, as you do the bounties, the first bounty on the reset, and the resets are like two hours long, it will give reputation. And if you replay them, you're just playing them for the loot. But each bounty also has a bonus objective for each of the missions. 
So let's say, you know, I get a mission that requires me to loot so much credits, the baseline money of the game, which is one of the new mission types as well. Well, if I meet the bonus objective, which is, I, I think for that one, it's just, you know, uh, get the uh, total amount of credits before the timer runs out. Otherwise, you know, it just says, uh, well, we got enough to be able to get the guy that we're trying to scare out of hiding and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it gives you a bonus objective, which gives you more reputation. And if you get all the bonus objectives on the entire quest chain, you get a bigger bonus objective at the end or a bonus uh, to your rep. But also you get a secondary pull from the entire loot table. Once again, okay, they're adding more randomness to it, but more pulls from the same table kind of evens out bad luck. So you can see, yeah, where they've definitely learned that, yeah, they need to try to even out some of the randomness of the game by adding more randomness, right? Yep. Sounds like Hearthstone. Yeah, but... Let's fix the randomness with more randomness. Yeah, but I don't have to sell a kidney to enjoy myself. So there is that. Fair play. Uh, but yeah, overall, I've been really enjoying myself. Uh, getting the vent kids rep is, yeah, 15, 20 minutes of just grinding back and forth on a, a couple pipes. Uh, and it's also given me a chance to really get a feel for how the K drives work. So it is technically grinding on a grind, but it's also, you know, a good learning experience for it. But I think they really meant that to be a more passive uh, 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 reputation. You know, you just uh, get a, uh, do a couple tricks as you're uh, going to the next objective. But honestly, most people just use the arc wings, so it feels a little bit wasteful unless you're just you know doing it as a goof when you're solo. Uh, the main uh, uh, faction as just because there's so many options, uh, I don't have to do all the bounties in order to have enough uh, rep to meet my cap for the day, which that is something that uh, the all the reputations in the game, no matter you know, new or old, have a certain amount of reputation that you can gain per day, and it's tied to your overall account level, your mastery level. So veterans are able to play a lot more and get a little bit more progression, but they're also the ones that are able to get into the late game stuff to be able to actually progress. So you know, it's kind of a balance there, huh? Yeah. But this also kind of also has the side problem that the first expansion had where it's a kind of a side uh, uh, route to the main progression list where you get to uh, Fortuna actually pretty damn early. It's not nearly as early as the first expansion, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I would say the first you know, couple hours you'd be able to access it. Uh, but outside of Fortuna, at least for now, once again, you know, we still have part two coming up, so you know, who knows what they do there. Uh, everything is kind of self-contained, which was a problem in uh, the previous expansion, but now it's not so much in the previous expansion because a lot of the things from there could also be used in the new expansion. So you know, maybe it, as they do the all these open world expansions, uh, it's going to be um, a little bit of a side game or a little bit of a side area to play in as well, where they kind of all interconnected to their own progression chain. So maybe it's a little, uh, it, you know, it feels almost like it's uh, 
criticizing a system that's not fully implemented yet. I mean, granted, I'll still uh, criticize it that, you know, uh, all the mining stuff is pretty much just rip or the dedicated items in that area. And if you're wanting to do, you know, build all the warframes or all the weapons or whatever, uh, going to mine does nothing for you because you need different resources. So that is a problem. I would like to see a character like Ticker in a, one of the more generalized areas that allows trading resource for resource. Uh, especially some of the planes resources and some of the Fortuna resources where you're able to get some of the resources that are in these dedicated little offshoots, uh, progressions, uh, for, uh, offshoots from the progression list. And sorry, my voice is starting to uh, get a little bit off because I've been talking for nearly an hour now. Mm-hmm. You have indeed. Uh, but be able to take some of these uh, cut off uh, resources and bring them into the more generalized stuff, uh, particularly with some of the more difficult to get resources. You know, the, uh, the Argon crystals, which are, uh, have a decay mechanic built, uh, built into them. So you can't stockpile them. Uh, some of the more uh, other re- rare resources like, uh, Oxium, that sort of thing, where it's tougher to get, it's not impossible to stockpile, but it's tougher to have a big stockpile of. Uh, that's a mechanic I'd like to see. I'd like to see, uh, since the K-Drives aren't quite as crazy as the Arcwings, I'd be able to use them in the non-open world areas because there's some maps that it would actually make uh, uh, use of because there's a big enough open area. And hell, even some of the uh, corridor uh, shooter uh, uh, areas, you know, be able to tear down that in a K-Drive uh, would be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so the, I do have criticisms of it, but it feels like they're very minor, and I've been really enjoying myself with this expansion. Uh, any questions? I think I've covered all my bullet points. Nope. I think that you have covered quite a bit. Hey, look at it this way. It'll be uh, really good for whenever you talk to your patients that play Warframe. Because now you know, what, yeah. now you know uh, at least a fair bit about Fortuna. Yeah, I do. Only thing I've I really got, can't. Uh, a couple of clients who do play yeah, Warframe. Only thing I really can't talk about is the kit guns because I haven't uh, really dove into that system yet. But that's, you know, really, if you don't min max, it's, you know, what you feel like, you know. Or do you want something that's uh, full on crit? Do you want something that's full on status uh, chance? Or do you want something in between? And uh, same uh, aspect for reload speed. Do you want something that hits harder? Or do you want something that uh, reloads faster? And, or has a bigger clip or something in between. Do you want to give up a little bit of uh, uh, damage to be able to reload slightly faster? Well, you have an option for that. And speaking of options. Yeah, sure. Does that mean it's my turn? That's not like a yeah, wake up. That's not like the best segue ever. The Hearthstone comment would have been a better segue into my first game. Which is a CCG, much as Hearthstone is. Uh, Shadowverse, CCG. So Shadowverse has been around for a couple of years now. Um, it's, I don't know if it started off as a mobile game, or if it has since become a mobile game, and that's sort of taken over like the interface. Um, I mean, on, on PC, it does say click, but whenever you click, you get one of those little 
sort of flourishes like when you would tap a screen on a phone or a tablet to let you know where your finger actually landed. Oh, yeah, tap that. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, so comparing it to Hearthstone just in terms of gameplay mechanics, the way that it plays is, a, I mean, it's a direct copy or ripoff of Hearthstone. The cards are essentially laid out the same. A lot of the mechanics are exactly the same. They just might have a slightly different name. But where this game shines over Hearthstone is that it is nowhere near as random. There there are a few cards that I've seen so far that have very small random effects. But there's nothing to the extent of like, you play this card and you could get something absolutely useless or you could get something that wins the game. I haven't seen anything like that. There are some cards that I've seen in the meta that are probably a little OP but not in the sense of like, I'm going to play this two-cost card and it might give me something that wins. They're, they're cards that you have to set up. Um, like there are several cards that uh, are like sacrifice play. So you have like four or five uh, minions in play and like you play this card and it like eats up all of the minions and it gets like super powered if you've got enough on the on the board. But it's kind of risky like... You know, can you keep enough minions on the board that long? Do you play a bunch of weak ones to make it happen? Or do you eat up a bunch of strong cards? So, depending on how you set it up, it could be more OP or not. Now, there are shitloads of cards in this game. And lots of heroes. There are 10 base heroes. Uh, There are multiple sort of purchasable heroes. Um, You can purchase them with in-game currency, which you can earn very slowly over time. But, of course, where they want you to spend money is card packs. Um, I haven't completed all of the single player yet. In fact, I haven't even completed a single single player campaign. Each of the main characters, so, you know, the, the ten main characters each have a full-blown single player campaign that, by the end of it, rewards you with a bunch of stuff for that particular hero. So, lots of card packs for them. You get their entire base deck. Uh, and then you do earn a bunch of general currency that you can spend on random card packs. Um, and the so far, they each have at least uh, a half a dozen missions or half a dozen battles. There are a couple that I've played a little bit farther that I'm on, like, mission or quest, whatever you want to call it, 11 or 12. Um, they all start out fairly easy. The first two or three effectively... Uh, could be used as a tutorial. Um, but after that, they ramp up in difficulty. You'll get occasional spikes that are, you know, boss battle fights that are pretty tough. Um, but so far, at least on the single player campaign, I haven't really felt the need to buy anything extra beyond what the game gives me. Uh, for the most part, honestly, like the basic default deck can get you most of the way through. It took me until mission 10 on the very first like character that you unlock before I actually went in and customized the deck because the deck was pretty well balanced against the enemies that I was facing um you know I haven't gone through all of them that might get broken later on but for what I've played so far for the first about six hours or so um it's all felt fairly fairly well balanced it does do the thing that Hearthstone does where you've got like an unlimited mode where you can use all the cards it's also got like it's tournament meta where only certain things are allowed i haven't really dipped my toes in that yet um 
there's just so many different um, heroes and play styles and different card types that I want to get through all of the single player stuff first before I even consider multiplayer. Just because I, you know, I won't know what I'm getting into with all the cards. Um, but in general, I mean, I feel like it's a, a, a very fair game um, so far. Uh, the art style is really beautiful. Um, it's much more anime uh, than anything else. But, they, I mean, they do some, you know, some anime boobs and things like that. But they also do, like, some more traditional, more tasteful anime they've got some more sort of over-the-top anime they i mean they play to the different anime tropes uh and there are actually fully animated scenes um a lot of it plays out sort of visual novel style but uh for boss battles and at the start of every campaign and maybe at the end i'm not sure because i haven't gone through any of them but occasionally in between you'll get an animated scene something in the neighborhood of two or three minutes long they're very competently um drawn and voice acted and the music is nice um the sort of table designs are nice um they lack the interactivity element that hearthstone does but they're very well put together they're themed very well like around the battles that you're fighting and the characters that you're interacting with so all in all it's a very well designed game um there's still the chance that i could discover once i'm a little bit farther in maybe halfway through or really if i dive into playing with other people that it turns out that the game is much more uh, unbalanced than i thought but at least for the single player portion which if you like ccgs and you have always liked the hearthstone like adventures that they've done these are very well put together single player adventures and i mean since the game is free if you're looking for a ccg that's not hearthstone with some additional single player content that you can enjoy shadowverse is a, a pretty good game get, to get into um I, I I genuinely like it better than Hearthstone, primarily because it's a lot less random, which is nice. Like the randomness can be fun and silly, but whenever you lose a game because someone draws the I win card, like miraculous, do what the I win card. Yeah, whenever you lose a game, no matter how good you're doing, because someone draws the I win card, it feels really cheap and shitty. And so far, like as far as I can tell, there's not one of those in this. So overall, Shadowverse is a, a good game. I quite enjoy it. Um, I mean, it runs on a potato. It'll run on my laptop, like, no problem. Um, it's also, you know, designed for mobile. It's got that thing where you can link accounts if you want to play it on across multiple devices. Um, keep your progress synced up. It doesn't do it via Facebook. You create an account. Um, but otherwise, it just uses your Steam login across multiple PCs. So... Um, and I would say that it's got a pretty decent multiplayer population. There's a few, let's see, right now on Steam, there's 2,088 people playing, but it's got cross-platform multiplayer, so you'd be interacting with everyone on their mobile devices as well. Yeah, I actually went to so, look at various numbers, and they're just over 200. So that's rather sad. Yeah, because uh, I know how much you like Feria. Yeah, well, to be fair, you know, they kind of turned on me. Yeah. But um anyways, yeah, it's good. I like it. So that's Shadowverse. Uh no, definitely nowhere near as much between my two games compared to what you did for Warframe, I have to say. Because <laughs> Train Simulator twelve uh very old 
train simulation game. Uh, it sucks. Big old hairy, shitty dicks. But it's a train game, and my kid saw it, and he likes it because it's a train game. So I kind of have gotten roped into playing this much more than I would. The biggest problem that I have with it, uh, well, the two biggest problems that I have with it. Number one, it runs like garbage. It just absolute garbage. Um, can't even maintain for the most part 30, 30, 30 FPS. That's just sad. Doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter what I do with the settings, which there are very few settings to actually play with. My guess is just, it's just very poorly optimized. Um, and then it's very clunky to control, which honestly, I think I could forgive the clunkiness if it wasn't freezing every 10 seconds. Uh, whenever I tried to interact with it and do something, there's a lot here. There are some pretty good creation tools. There's a ton of mod support for this game. There are tons and tons of like free train packs and other vehicle packs and sort of like sandbox you can go and play in and create, um, very complex, complicated train, ra- uh, layouts. And that's pretty cool, but it runs like ass. So it's, it's not fun to play because I just am constantly frustrated. And my kid's like, wow, look at that. Let's go drive the coal train. It's like, okay, we'll go to go drive, drive the coal train. Wow. Let's go drive the passenger train. All right. We'll go drive the passenger train. We'll just wait, you know, 30 seconds for the game to decide what it wants to do. Uh, derailment. You can do that. It's fun to crash trains into each other for like once. It takes like an hour to set it up because of how terrible everything runs. But uh, and I mean, then you get to know, go full Gomez Adams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like any of these other train simulator games. If you've ever played it, like there's you know a dozen or so pre like pre built scenarios and routes that you can run that have various rules that you have to follow. You can go to a sandbox mode for each level which lets you like drop in trains at, at will and drive them around. Um, or you can just completely go and create a new map. But it's bad. It's real bad. Supposedly it's got multiplayer, but that's completely non-functioning and offline. Um, they advertise it on the main store page, but every time I've looked at it, there's never been any but way it's a to thern alive. games. It's a thern alive. Yeah. So, I mean, and even if it did still work i would imagine it's terrible um and i only have the base game i don't have all 148 dollars worth of dlc for this thing Uh, 148 amateur hours i know i know there's other train games that have way more dlc and actually run better train sim world train sim world has got like last time i checked 300 dollars worth of dlc But three hundred. Uh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I think this is a. No, I I need to make uh, sure I have the right one. Train Simulator uh, is the one. That's yeah, a tr- Train got... Simulator 2019. Yeah, just put... they just up. But but oh, God, sweet mother of God! You never seen this? 
I'm n- I haven't seen its new total. Last time I looked at it, it only had like nineteen hundred dollars worth of DLC. It's up to mm-hmm. almost eighty five hundred dollars if you wanted to buy everything for Train Simulator two thousand nineteen. Which was when I bought it. I think it was Train Simulator 2015. Yeah, but the, you get but the, they just like change. The, they update it, but they also give you the new version. Yeah, but yeah, with uh, all the DLC, can't blame you, right? Or blame them, right? Yeah, I've got some of the DLC. I think whenever I purchased it, it was all part of like a bundle. I have like I think a hundred dollars worth of DLC for this game. I think. I don't know how much I paid for it. Not a not hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, does the DLC uh, transfer over to the new versions? Yeah, it does. Okay, well, that's not something. Every, every once in a while, I reinstall this and King and I will play it. Try to get them on a good train simulator? Yeah. Oh, I want to play the bad one. Yeah, he really wants to play the bad one and it really sucks. There's apparently a, a more modern version of this trains. It's trains with a Z, so you know it's cool, right? Yeah, you know it's it, it's extreme trains. It's edgy. Uh, it's there's a more modern one. Uh, if you go so fast, you're able to do multi-track drifting. <laughs> but yeah, there's a more modern one apparently. But it looks like it sucks too, based on reviews and stuff for it. So. I don't know. Maybe someday I might buy it if it's ever really cheap. But these very rarely actually get cheap. Because it's like the hardcore audience that wants it will pay whatever. We'll play. I will pay eighty five hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Which it makes me wonder what the percentage of uh, the of the user base of this has a good majority of this DLC because I've always uh, assumed it and heard people talk about it's more piecemeal. So, you know, if you like a particular train or a particular route, you get, you know, the $15, $20 add-on or you get the scenarios, which are five bucks to 10 bucks a pop or the scenario packs, yeah. I should say. And it's that instead of, you know, buying $8,500 worth of DLC. Yeah. Or it could which, be like which makes it a lot more reasonable to me. Yeah, I mean, I would I would do that. I have thought about buying some more steam trains for uh, Train Simulator 2019, but I just I never have. We don't play it enough. But yeah, those are the two games that I played this week, and all I have to say about them. That's all I gotta say about um, that. That's that's all I've got to say about that. Forrest Gump. I should watch that movie. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I think I say that every time it comes up, and I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Well, if you well, it. if you want to save yourself yeah. the time, just go let you listen to the Weird Al song. I'm I'm thinking about the the song now, the <laughs> piano song. Oh, oh like, to a superhero. Mm. No, the one that follows the feather in the oh. actual movie. That's playing in my head right now. Oh, See, I thought we were talking about Weird Al still. And, uh, he did a cover of Piano Man, uh, w- which covered the original Spider-Man movie. Or I should say the original Spider-Man tr- 
first movie out of the Spider-Man trilogy. But get, talking about Spider-Man movies is uh, a little depressing right now, but also very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. All right. Well, that's it for games we played this week. Are you ready to move on to our other topics? I think so. I hope my throat's all right with this. Maybe I should go grab a, a mug of tea. Indeed. Moving right along after our break and however I edit us coming back and discussing some things because there's a little bit of Franken talk in there too. Uh, Going to be discussing Telltale Games, uh, what we decided to title Fire Sale Episode 3, Return of the Walking Dead, continuation of the Telltale Games saga. So we've got two uh, little little topics here that we've sort of wrapped into one because they're both related to Telltale's ongoing tale, uh, tale <laughs> ongoing saga as it reaches the the final chapters of its own story. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. The question is, does the uh, game industry remember this? Come on. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not the only one that made that joke. Probably not, but that's the first time I've heard it. So you get a genuine laugh for that. Um, but anyways, the first article was titled telltale undergoing liquidation, removing games from steam, which a this little a late games industry dot biz article, yeah, which a little late now because they're gone. <laughs> Uh, the store. Um, how old is this article from? Well, this was this story? was going out. Uh, this was from uh, last Thursday. Okay. Uh, the fifteenth. So yeah, uh, by the time the episode comes out, this would be slightly over a week old. But uh, yeah, the, people were noticing that the that the games were no longer being on, uh, uh, offered on sale. Yeah. So. I mean, basically what this article is saying is that they're, like, finalizing their shutdown, asking people, uh, I assume companies, I guess. It says anyone who may have a claim against Telltale. Um, but I'm not 100% sure what those claims could be. But basically they have a deadline of April 9th of next year to uh, make their claim against Telltale. Uh, maybe it's referring the to the lawsuit? Maybe. Maybe. But anyways, the studio's shutting down, they're liquidating assets, and there have been some games that are disappearing off of Steam. Um, seems like they're older, air quotes, older <laughs> titles um, are being pulled down. Uh, the ones that are gone, Back to the Future, and Tales of Monkey Island. Um, are there other ones that have disappeared since then? Uh, well, let's go, uh, let's go hunting. Uh, let's see. Game of Thrones. Um, a Telltale game. It is well. So I gotta go through the age check. Yes, I'll show my ID. It's still for sale. I would say that their bigger titles, air quotes, bigger titles are still gonna be for sale. I just typed in Telltale. So let's see. We've got the Batman stuff. Oh, you have to make Minecraft sure that story you mode. have to make sure that's actually for sale because that's the thing is that. Uh, you could see the store page for like Back to the Future. These will have prices on them, so I assume that you can purchase them. Actually, if I search uh, Back to the Future, I can't find the store page. But if I go to my library, I'm able to see the store page. So, see Tales from the Borderlands, Wolf Among Us. Now it looks like the Telltale Collection is still available for purchase. Poker Night at the Inventory is still up there. Uh, but not the second one. 
remember they made two. Yeah, I know. But that was pulled before the uh, the whole announcement went down. So that yeah, that was uh, the herald to, of things to come. Sam and Max individually, you're still up yeah, there. Yeah, it's so sad that they never continue with Sam and Max. I really like that series. But, you know, that was more uh, during their point-and-click era. It makes me wonder if they would have fared better in the long run if they continued with point-and-click. That that would, that would be an interesting just general general discussion, you know. Uh, what uh, would have happened if Telltale never became, well, the Telltale, you know? Because we, we kept talking it's, about how it became a very formulaic uh, system. And... Uh, Point and Click, of course, also has its formula, but it's naturally more varied because it's set around that particular universe or that particular theme of the game. While Telltale's uh, formula for their storytelling basically became just copy and paste towards the end. Do you think they would have had a more long-lasting success if they never did The Walking Dead and they stuck with Point and Click? So they remained a smaller company, but they never went full balloon. It just inflated too fast. It's an interesting uh, thought experiment, huh? Because The Walking Dead was really, you know, uh, both their success and downfall. I don't know. Possibly. But... Point and clicks aren't are nowhere near as popular as they were 10, 20 years ago. True, so but hard call but so make. is the Telltale uh, style of gameplay. The only uh, game I'm really seeing a lot of press about is uh, Life is Strange, uh, that now series. Even though that's, I'm a little concerned that they're going to fall down the Telltale path where it becomes derivative. But so far, it doesn't seem like they're doing that. And then there's a couple others. I've seen the council, which is similar, but or a similar idea, but not quite the same. And that's uh, one I've seen uh, a lot of buzz about. But more narrative-driven, very limited gameplay. Yeah, it's also fallen out of uh, favor. You can no longer pull. Speaking of The Walking Dead, you cannot purchase the Telltale Walking Dead games on Steam. They're gone. Mm. At least not that I can find. Uh, looks like the TV show's on there, but that's the only thing that's coming up for the seasons. There's a couple of other Walking Dead games, but not Telltale's games. It's so, kind of funny. I type in Walking Dead. Uh, for me, I'm not sure how, yeah, whether it would be for you. It's Overkill's The Walking Dead, which has a mixed reception. The Walking Dead, the yep. final season. So I'm able to see the final season. But, yeah, but it doesn't yeah, have a price yeah, so, on it, does it? No, it doesn't have a price, so uh, that's the demo. It's just the demo. Yeah, okay. I, I had to click on it to double check. The Walking Dead, which was... which That's the first-person shooter? Oh, no, no, no. That's the actual show. All right. It's a little... There's the Escapists, The Walking no, Dead. No, before that, on my screen, RimWorld. <laughs> yeah, Rimworld's right after that online. Well, maybe it's just because I have a few 
hundred hours in it. Perhaps. But So that's interesting. The Telltale's Walking Dead games are unpurchasable. For now. Although maybe with them being like so much in the limelight, they had the 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 contract pulled or some kind of something evoked to pull them down. Well, it sounds like well, it sounds like uh, Telltale's contracts are what's known in the industry as a clusterfuck of clauses that make absolutely no sense. If they got fined severely for a leak that was beyond their control, so yeah. that uh, violated their non-disclosure agreement. So it wouldn't surprise me that there was some sort of you know, escape clause or you know some sort of final clause that yep. You know, if the company goes under, that was just utter stupidity. Which is a shame yep. on uh, Telltale, just you know how things came down because they did have good games. It's just yeah, you know, after a while they kind of wore thin, and they also yep. uh, seem to really target very niche audiences. That's also another interesting thought, thought experiment. What if they ever went with their own IP where they didn't have to pay all the licensing fees and had to be beholden to uh, you know, the suits in the, the studios if they were able to do their own thing? Yeah, but that would have taken too much effort. Yeah, true. It would have required an, a, a second writer. <laughs> it, so. it would have required a writer that uh, uh, isn't uh, just copy-paste script. Speaking of The Walking Dead, though, that's a good segue to sort of the second part of this, which is Skybound gives its update on The Walking Dead, the final season. Um, the gist of this article is that um, Skybound, uh, or Skybound Games, the people who bought the rights or received the rights or, uh, you know, clusterfuck of clauses, how this exactly worked out. Uh, was it this, they hired- was it this uh, a company that is in is in uh, contact with the original uh, rights holder. I think they're the same company that owns the rights to the comic books. I think. Um. So. Yeah, I think they're the original like rights holders of the stuff from the comic books or the graphic novels or however you want to look at that. But anyways, what they did was they hired, uh, they came out and said that they'd hired a whole bunch of the devs from um, from Telltale that were working on the game uh, to come in and basically finish it, um, at least what was already in production. Um, they've stated that if you purchase like a season pass or something like that, you're going to be able to get it from your original download location. Otherwise, you can get it separately if you're buying them like one episode at a time. Um, yeah, the the worst part about this is they're talking about how you may not be able to back purchase the previous uh, seasons. Yeah. That's a little troubling because it's an overarching story. Yeah. I have season... Mine's all spread out, the ones that I have. I have season one on Xbox and I've got season two on Steam. Um, I don't have any of the little in-between episodes. Although, I don't really give a shit about finishing the story anyways. The first one was the only one that I really liked. I only have the first one, and I have uh, 400 Days, which I think I won somewhere, actually. I didn't buy that. I honestly never finished the first season. I just I really stopped caring. It just didn't click for me. Yeah. 
I really enjoyed the first season. Um, the second season, though, lost me. It just it wasn't as well put together. Just in my uh, opinion. just poor story or story points. Yeah, poor storytelling. Um, they I felt like didn't honor the spirit of where the first game was going, like where it ended. I felt like they just sort All right, of, well go ahead like, and spoil it because I know the ending of the first season. So yeah, the ending of the first season, like you sort of make that final choice, and based on how things turned out, you know, Clementine remembers that and she leaves, and then a couple of years have passed. And Clementine has, I think what they were going for is like, you know, she's had to grow up very fast in this hard world. Mm -hmm. But instead of being the sort of kind hearted person she was before, but with just like, you know, a more gruff exterior, it's like she's like a, you know, a a nine year old badass. And it's like, no, this is not the story that that I wanted you to tell. And the characters in the second game are nowhere near as good as they were in the first there are a couple of characters that come over from the first game into the second one, but it seems like they completely ignore any choices that you made, despite the fact that it pulls save game info from your first one if you've got them on the same platform or have it connected through Telltale's mm-hmm. whatever it was. So they just didn't, like, I don't feel like they honored the characters. And where that game, the second game ends up is Clementine is once again alone. But, like, there's two choices. Like, either you could take her to a place where that um like a a new sort of city that's forming and you can uh have her go into that city or you can have her leave and be with one of the characters from the other game uh well of course it doesn't make her look a difference right but it doesn't matter yeah like it apparently that didn't carry forward at all into season three so just like it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, there great. was a giant time skip between season two and season three, isn't there? Yeah, she's like a teenager in season three, so like four, five, six years somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly how old she is in season two, but it's something like nine or ten years old because she's like a really little girl in season one, like six or seven. Yeah. So, a little bit of time passes. But. Anyways, yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to hear that they, you know, Skybound is going to at least do their best to finish it, that they hired on as many previous team members as they could. Um, yeah, it's really you know, shitty, uh, the, the situation that the devs ended up in. Yeah, it is. But I'm really glad for both the the people invested in the game's development, at least the ones they were able to bring on, and then the players who are interested in how the, the game story ends uh, are hopefully going to be able to get get what they wanted. So, oh, there's a link here. Maybe this says exactly what games have been delisted. Oh, the Jurassic Park game's gone. What, did people actually notice that? Well, I didn't notice it <laughs> until just now. I liked the Jurassic Park game, though. Like, it's a it's a, a good, like, B-movie sort of game. There's dozen of us. Dozens! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Jurassic Park game uh, was, uh, I think, the one everybody always forgets about. That's the Curly Joe. Yeah. Looks like GOG still has them. According to this article from TechRaptor, GOG still has them. Oh, GOG still got the season one and two of The Walking Dead. And, of course, uh, since GOG sold uh, uh, the Telltale games... It's a lot easier to sail the high seas. 
<laughs> I mean, Indeed. in this case, I think it's justified, don't you? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, oh, it's got the Tales from Monkey Island, 2009 Tales from Monkey that Island. That was actually a really good uh, game. I didn't have the backstory for it because I never uh, played the originals. I actually went back and played the first uh, Tales of Monkey Island. It's got Back to the Future and... So they have Jurassic Park? Jurassic. Fucking shit. How do I spell? Maybe they don't have Jurassic Park. How do you spell Jurassic? J-U-R-A-S-S-I-C? Park? J E. R R A S I C. I think. Oh, no, J U R. Sorry. I, I was starting to type and then Google suggested J A R. So. Mm. All right. They don't have Jurassic Park. So nobody's got Jurassic Park anymore. Maybe that's not true. Maybe somebody has it. Weird Al does. GOG and Steam both don't have it. Hey, it's one of his best songs. I think Albuquerque is my favorite Weird Al song just because it's like complete nonsense. It's an original song and it's complete utter nonsense and bullshit fuckery. And I, I love it. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is I hate coleslaw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Albuquerque. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow at work, like on repeat for a little while. Well, it's like a 15-minute yeah, song, Yeah, I was it? about to say, you know, uh, on repeat, what, you're going to uh, listen to it all day? <laughs> Alrighty. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on that before we... Uh, no, but I'm sure that we're going to be coming all the way back around to this because, yeah, it, this is the story that never ends. Is this the song that never ends? Okie dokie. Well... Uh, it's going to end for now because we're going to go on to our next news story of the night. Yeah, more death. Valve, Valve discontinues the Steam Link hardware. Yeah, which uh, Rage, take us away on this yeah. one because I know you were. Well, uh, uh, thanks to Jim, I was able to grab a uh, a set of it because uh, when I I was originally planning on grabbing a uh, Steam Link either during this winter or uh, the next summer sale just to have it uh, ready for you know picking up a television and uh, getting my life sorted a bit more. Uh, But yeah, I just saw it on my Twitter feed this morning that uh, Steam announced, well, they're cutting, uh, well, they're cutting production. They're not cutting support. That's the important thing here. They're moving to software again, which is weird, (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah. uh, There's no real statement on this as far as I can see about uh, the entire reason why they're doing this outside of uh, just pure speculation. Yeah, it just seems that they're moving back to a software solution for smartphones, tablets, and TVs. I guess smart TVs. Yeah, smart TVs have the app as well. But uh, the thing is that uh, the app has been blocked several times by Apple, actually. So them going uh, as a software uh, solution is, you know, a dead end right now because they can't uh, get all the smartphones. I mean, I mean, granted, we do have phones. (laughs) Honestly, for this though, I don't, I don't want to trust a software solution. 
Uh, plus, it bur- well, I mean, I get that. Plus, it, it burns your phone's battery like crazy. Yeah, I mean, I get that at the end of the day, yes, it all works based on software. It's just what hardware is that software running on. But I don't want to rely on an app to do what I can have a dedicated piece of hardware for. Because game streaming is pretty intense. I mean, a lot of the work is done, most of the work is done by whatever PC you're streaming from. But the uh, the Steam Link itself um, did a small amount of, of processing on board, um, just it did a little bit more than just decoding the signal and putting it up. Well, on it TV. was also a remote control. It was sending controls back. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I don't want to trust an app to do that because um, you would be increasing latency on the whole everything. Mm-hmm. Like Steam Link, I've got a Steam Link. I have used it extensively. I haven't used it much in the last year, um, just because like I, you know. We moved. I got a, a much better setup for gaming in my office. We've got a completely networked house now. Like, I mean, aside from our bathrooms, we've got Ethernet. What, um, you're not getting the smart Japanese toilets? <laughs> no. But aside from our uh, bathroom, or that's I mean, we've next got an year. Ethernet port. That, that's when the, we've got an that's when the tax port. returns come in, right? Yeah. We've got an Ethernet port in every room in the house. So, I mean, I've got desktop PCs everywhere. So if I want to stream games, it's easy because I've got a you know a fully networked home. But when I bought my Steam Link, I did not have that. Um, I basically ran a fifty foot or a hundred foot Ethernet cable across the ceiling of our old mm-hmm. place to the Steam Link so that I could use it um, on my TV. And the Steam Link is still hooked up to my TV um, and plugged into the network. I just don't use it anymore. Maybe I'll sell it on eBay. Maybe it'll be worth a lot of money. Or more money than I paid for it. I think I gave 20 bucks for my Steam Link. I certainly got my money's worth out of it. But, I mean, if you're able to get one right now for two ninety nine, that's a steal. Because, I mean, if you're not like me, if you don't have a, a house completely wired, or if you don't have, like, or, a mountain of PCs sitting in your office that you can easily stream to, like, this is a great compact solution. Yeah, I was about to it's say, or, or you don't want to str- uh, string, you know, uh, HDMI and deal with multi-monitor support. Because, you know, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's compatible with any Bluetooth controller um, and some controllers that aren't Bluetooth that use like, um, you know, like a, a, a dongle. A, a dongle. Um, the support on that's a little more limited, or at least it was the last time I checked. But um, still, you know, just it, it does work wirelessly, but that can that can be finicky. Yeah. Um, the wireless is fine for something that's like turn-based, but if you're going to do anything in real time, you definitely want to have it uh, wired into your network. But. Yeah, when I go to use this, uh, which I did get one uh, during the sale, I'm thinking about a 25 or 50 foot uh, Cat Six cable. Yeah, just to you know make sure because there's no kill like overkill. Yeah. Uh, after, well, I don't think I actually paid tax on this, but after shipping and handling, it's right at ten bucks for me. Which that was my you know trading card money. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So this is probably. Gonna, I'm sad that it's gone. Yeah. But uh, I, 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 there was an actually uh, audible no because I uh, wanted to pick up one yeah you know, when it was going to be more useful to me but yeah you know, don't have a choice now got to get it now or uh, you know, don't get it at all. I have to admit, I'm a little tempted to get a secondary one but uh, I don't think that's going to be a, really a requirement. Do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, if yours ever breaks, you can always hit me up and be like, hey, is your Steam Link still working? 
Because, I mean, I'm getting yeah, ready 20 to bucks. retire it. Yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> There's no screen to be smashed on it, though. All right, 19. Um, but, I mean, I'm getting ready to retire it because I've got an extra laptop now that I'm going to, I think, pull apart and make, like, a, a slim, um, like, uh, media PC out of it. Like, I saw a, a build guide um, on Reddit. Mm-hmm. For how to, you know, essentially pull a laptop board apart and then hook it up to a TV Uh-oh. to be used that way. <laughs> so, that, I mean, I think that might be my next project. I just hope the police uh, never come like... in because, yo, they'll definitely blow up your TV then. <laughs> it's a bomb. But, you know, just something to do. Something to do. But, I mean, yeah, I've got, like, I, you know, I've got four PCs sitting in here right now. I'm going to be looking into getting a new one starting next year, like starting a new build, and Lord knows what I'll wind up with. I need to, like, browse Facebook Marketplace and stuff again and see if I can get some good deals. Find a business that's closing, go buy another box of parts. Yeah, I don't trust Facebook Marketplace around here because, oh, people are stupid here. Uh, yeah, look, you know, looking at some of the apps, uh, some of the essentially uh, just yard sale esque apps, you know, the flea market apps. Uh, you know, there, there was people that are selling phones that you would uh, hesitate at buying for twenty bucks for free full retail price. Dang. So you can still, I'm just looking, you can still buy the controller. Uh, they then announced that they're discontinuing the controller, and it does seem like the controller was a lot more popular. Uh, the Steam Link is a, 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 an interesting piece of hardware, and I would have thought it would have been a hell of a lot more popular, honestly. Uh, but it does make me wonder, do you think they should have had Wi-Fi on that thing and had made it just hardline only? Because everything, uh, all these negative reviews, they seem to focus mostly on wireless connections. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it recommends on there, like, you know, don't use this. Oh, you think people actually fucking reading this? I mean, it's all over the instructions. Like, I mean, do people read them? No, but they do make them in big bold letters i guess and i mean like i said the wi-fi wasn't terrible if you're gonna do something that's turn-based um not twitch based or if you're not worried about the quality being pretty bad but um otherwise yeah wi-fi wasn't great it's okay yeah which Uh, makes me wonder how are they gonna do it with the app if you know there's no hard line for that yeah I have no idea. No idea. Doing um, Wi-Fi on, like, using my laptop um, does a lot better than the Steam Link because the I do know that um, when you're doing game streaming to another device, the uh, the client device uh, does it, it does offload some of the work to that, so it makes the Wi-Fi work a little bit better, but it's still better if you plug yeah but to a phone ethernet yeah i mean you could still offload that some of the processing power to the phone phones are are pretty decent nowadays if you've got a something even in the mid-tier you know i but i don't know i don't know because you'd be running it wireless two ways i guess 
Yeah. Well, no, because the yeah, it'd be going through the network and then out to the phone and then from your phone to your computer. Or would it be to the phone and then back to the network and then to your computer? Unless you're like me and you don't bother switching the uh, my controller over to the phone, so I'm still directly controlling the computer. <laughs> So stream, okay, so yeah, stream directly to phones, tablets, and TV. So there's no way to use this. Yeah, I think they're uh, real. With any other device, it has to be built in. Yeah, I think they're. I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think they're really banking on uh, the TV market picking up on this, uh, picking up on the software solution, Uh, making an app on smart TVs, uh, you know, pretty much default and. Maybe this is yeah where they're going with this, where they're trying to just get their foot in the door in the living room in a different way, because that's what the whole idea of the steam machines was originally. A small compact computer that was horrendously overpriced. Okay, bad idea there. Let's try the Steam Link. Okay, that requires a fairly decent uh, computer over uh, spec of what the game requires. All right, let's try the TV, and by now, right, computers have caught up. So, yeah, maybe this is them just trying the whole uh, living room marketplace once again and just trying a different direction with it. And since they are attacking it through the TV now, because you know a lot of uh, the, smart, uh, the smart TVs, the new generations of them, do have app support and are you know, have the Steam app uh, installed on it. I think that's where they're trying to go with this. This is uh, another attack vector onto the living room, trying to you know, supplant the console market. But once again, you, yeah. know, you still have a lot of the stuff, a lot of the heavy lifting on the computer itself. And the TV's not going to be doing anything, right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but I mean, TV processors are nowhere near as powerful as even like what's in a phone. They just don't have to do as much work. I mean, not that they're not doing any work, especially on on smart TVs. Yeah, they're just sitting there on the they, couch, they uh, lazing about, watching TV all day. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm. I don't know if I'm in a majority or a minority. I don't have a smart TV. Well, I don't have a TV. Period. We, so, get. We've got a what is it? A forty-six inch LED TV. It basically fills up our entire entertainment stand in in our living room. But we've had it for years now, four or five years. So, I mean, we don't we don't have a smart TV. I don't know if you can buy a TV that's not a smart TV now. Oh, you can, Maybe. but it's the Probably. low end market. Uh, my neighbor was uh, looking at TVs, and yo, uh, he would. Uh, occasionally find a non-smart TV going through the Black Friday stuff. It got a good uh, laugh out of him when he would find one. can get a 32-inch Amazon Fire TV for 160 bucks. Yeah, Amazon makes all sorts of uh, Amazon basics these days. It's uh, yeah, amazing. I got an email the other day about Amazon Basics microwave. Nice. Good for And them. it has voice control. I guess. 
Oh, here's a Roku TV. Okay. T TVs are so complicated now. What if I just wanted to buy a TV? I just want a plain TV. Oh, holy shit. Get a 50-inch TV. Regular, plain old mm -hmm. TV. LED, not a smart TV. 230 bucks. Damn. Hook a computer up to that, you know? What's its resolution? 480. It's like three pixels in each direction. Where are we at? 1080p, 60 hertz refresh rate. It's probably got a high latency since it's a TV, but if you're going to use it not for gaming or... Depending on what type of game uh -oh, you do. Uh-oh. Did, did we just break the budget? Uh, is Katie going to be going oh, no, at us? No, I'm not. It's not the budget. It's I don't know where I'm going to put a 50-inch TV. It's too big for our entertainment center. It's too big for even my like table in here in my office where I have my my current TV sitting in here. So I've got a 32-inch oh, uh, Samsung. Is that a weight-bearing wall? <laughs> How heavy is it? How, or how heavy does it say it is? Probably not that heavy. Twenty five pounds. Yeah, I mean that's not it's not that heavy given how big. Yeah, it's just it is. cumbersome. Color name. <laughs> the color for this TV is called <clears throat> just black. <laughs> like that. That's the color name. Just black. I like it. I like this TV. I've never heard of this brand before. Actually, that's not true. I have heard of this brand before. It's like a a low-end brand. But, I mean, shit. A 1080p, 60 hertz refresh rate, 50-inch LED TV for 220 bucks. I remember when I bought... Uh, this would have been 10, 12 years ago. 2008. It was 2006, 2005, 2006. I bought a 32 inch LCD TV. It was like 800 bucks. Although I've still got that TV. That TV's in our bedroom. It still works. Like, you just don't make TVs like they used to. Well, obviously, they're all smart now. But yeah, it's a 32 inch 720p, <laughs> 60 hertz low latency tv like like that was my first thing that i bought specifically for games i, I mean i was a console gamer at the time but i was like uh, I a peasant a good tv uh the but i mean they you actually could play games at 60 fps on the xbox 360 and the ps3 because they were like we should make a game that plays well not that tries to get the air quotes highest quality pixels well, see, you need the house quality pixels to be able to see the horse testicles shrinking. Also, back then, there was a lot closer parity to what the average PC player can get compared to console. Like, I mean, you could buy higher-end PC hardware. Like, I know that. But the average PC hardware was not as powerful as what you could do with a a gaming console because of streamlining 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 and optimization whereas nowadays i mean it's just a joke how powerful 
PC hardware is compared to what you could do with a console. And also a joke of how unoptimized the average AAA game is, and that would be a hell of a segue if we didn't have something in the way. <laughs> it would be. It would be. We have, what was our original topic? <laughs> Steam Link. <laughs> right. I think we're done uh, talking about that. We, so we went full Kerbal Cast, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Star Citizen celebrates its anniversary and $200 million raised with a free week and new planet in-game. Uh, we mostly just put that on there so I could say, it's been four fucking years, Star Citizen. Why can't you run on my goddamn PC? Multiple attempts at contacting customer support, multiple different solutions. The game won't launch. I've downloaded it and installed it on many different drives. I've tried many different configurations and settings and driver things. The game just hates me and won't work. So, fuck you, Star Citizen. Moving on. (laughs) We don't even want to comment that's $200 million. Fuck you, Star Citizen, and your 200 million bullshit dollars. Kiss my ass. My big old hairy ass. Free week in a new planet. Fuck you. Just work. That's all I want is to work. I spent $40 on you four years ago. Uh, only 40 I know. Maybe that's why. Maybe Peasant. I'm too much of a, a, a pleb. Haven't spent enough money to make it work. I mean, you haven't even, uh, you have even spent enough on the game to unlock viewing all the things that you could buy. I know. Which the fact that that's a thing and people actually defend that is just mind-boggling to me. It's been a few months since I've tried. Maybe I'll try again. Not not right now. Maybe over the weekend. Although I have to play the I have to play Dragon Commander, so I probably shouldn't try and play Star Citizen. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. Fuck you, Star Citizen. <laughs> All right, moving on to our final news topic of the night, um, which is less of a topic and more of just a general discussion. Fallout 76 has had less than half of its Twitch viewers, although I just put on the topic list, Fallout 76, what a shit pile. I was looking at the news topics instead of the actual Yeah, oh, damn. <laughs> list. Yeah, Fallout 76 has gotten less, like, if you were to grade it, if it was taking a test, it would have gotten less than a 76. <laughs> It would have failed its its own test, hardcore. Saying I, I I have heard nothing but bad things about this game, and I think that's being pretty generous to it. Yeah, it's just mind boggling just how poor everything is in this game. Honestly, uh, the, poorly optimized, crashing, buggy. <laughs> Broken game mechanics. Boring, boring, right? Boring, boring. The the thing that like has been said multiple times by many people. I think I've even said this myself. Is that one of the best things, one of the most redeeming things about any Bethesda game, which helps make all of its bugginess and brokenness tolerable, is they can tell really good stories. And, you know, there's some disagreement about which is the best and, you know, things like that. But in general, most people tend to think that Bethesda's stories are really good. And they removed all of that from Fallout 76 and focused on the mechanics. And the game has suffered horribly from that. What are you talking about? They have story in the game. What, you don't like 10-minute long audio files that you can't pause or restart 
and uh, gets cut off whenever there's a you know some sort of event going on. In a word, no, I don't. I guess that's a phrase. <laughs> In a phrase, fuck you. Well, I know you've been trying, Today. but what do you think about Fallout seventy six? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't played it. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to buy it. I wouldn't play it if they gave it to me for free at this point. Because it's a disaster. But they just, they very clearly don't know what they're doing with this. They have no idea how to make this game. Or how to appeal to this genre. Um, even Elder Scrolls Online, which is not a great game. It's not as good as any of the single-player ones, but still, like, it's got story and NPCs and characters. And so there's still a lot of things to actually explore and lore to get in the game itself. Um, So while mechanically it's not as good as the other Elder Scrolls games, it still has got a very deep, rich world with a lot of story. And I know it didn't start that way, really. But, you know, this many years on... It's had a lot of work put into it. But, I mean, Fallout 76 just, like, shot itself in the foot with auto vats somehow, well, I... even though the percentage chance to hit was zero. <laughs> well, see, the thing is that it was fluctuating and they clicked at the wrong time. Or at the right time. Yeah, it's just, there's so, there's so many just questionable mechanics on this game. It's not, not even just coming down to the technical aspects, which are... Uh, broken even by Bethesda standards, which is saying something. Uh, but the fact that they decided to go vats and do, you know, an auto targeting system that varies wildly, and it also seems like it has an incredibly short range from every gameplay video I've, I've ever seen of this. It, yeah, se- it seems like the uh, the vats auto targeting. Uh, it starts at zero until you're about twenty feet away from the target. And then it, you know, quickly rises up, then it'll just suddenly fall, then it'll rise up again, then it'll suddenly fall. Uh, the fact that you could crash the server by launching three nukes at a time, and it seems like people are hacking in the nuke codes. <laughs> oh, It's just, we go on and on about this. I think they were really banking on this to be a roleplay sandbox, which I have seen people doing there's been articles about uh, people acting as npcs and role-playing in the fallout universe and i think they were banking on that being more mainstream but this isn't gary's mod this isn't going to be the main focus of the game (laughs) yeah i mean role players are a relatively small portion of the population for any game and I mean, I'm I'm not like throwing off on them. Like, if you enjoy that sort of thing, by all means, more power to you. Like, that seems like probably the best. Yeah, but usually, if not only way to enjoy this game. Yeah, but usually there has to be some sort of system to build off of, and that's one of the reasons why Gary's mod is so popular about role playing is that you know, you can put in any systems you want to build as a framework for your role play. For this, it's a sandbox that has no sand in it. There's nothing to play with. It's just a box. It's yeah. not even a complete box. I mean, there's a giant side of it missing, and it's on fire, and it's somehow uh, uh, speed hacking because its frame rate is unlocked. Yeah. 
and the physics are based around the frame rate. Yeah, and now it's continuing to the ground and now flying through the air. Not some kind of server tick rate or anything like that. <laughs> Oh, and now, maybe it's uh, and both. Now, maybe both are involved, and they fight each other. Uh, and now, and now the server crashed, and because it doesn't autosave often enough, uh, you've lost ten minutes of uh, game time. Yeah, I've heard that frequently from people, per- multiple <laughs> times from Jim Sterling. Oh, between his YouTube videos and podcasts, I've heard mo- many, many things wrong. <laughs> About this game from him alone, not to mention other people like Young Yay and um, ah oh damn it, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The Sid Alpha, like, yeah, Sid Alpha, yeah, Total Biscuit like, yeah, and and others whom I I follow or listen to on in various formats. Like nobody has anything good to say about. Okay, this game. let's just go over to Metacritic. I hate using the Metacritic score, but it's a good aggregate for all the uh, reviews i hope it's less than 76 just i i want it to be less than 76 da, da, da. Ooh, ow oh, 49 uh what one am i looking at i'm looking at the pc version Oh, I'm just looking at the overall, I guess. Yeah, I have. I don't know. It's on the home. It's on the front page or their homepage or whatever. The PC version has a 61. Uh, this is for PS4. 49 on PS4. Wow. That should be telling, huh? Yeah. Let's see. Let's let's put it this way. Uh, well, there's also only a handful of reviews for. Uh, it on PC, so that may be why. And there's two of them that are actually really good reviews for it. Exploring is still the most interesting part of Fallout 70. And uh, uh, exploring is still the most interesting part in Fallout 76. But your adventure tour is limited to empty open world, and outdated graphics performance, is more like an MMO mod of Fallout 4 rather than a brand new game work. Uh, rated 76. <laughs> Metascore 49 user score 2.8 for PS4 rated 2.9 on, on uh, the PC version with uh, 2700 reviews and it's pretty much just all either 1s or 10s on Xbox One 62 Metascore 2.4 user score so quite bad mm-hmm. All around. Yeah, th- there was a video of a guy absolutely flipping his shit in a GameStop because they wouldn't give him a refund. Uh, because <laughs> I saw that. He, like, trashed the store. To be fair, that's a, the, probably the most fun he had out of Fallout 76. <laughs> yeah, probably. I do have... A, still, trashing a store yeah. is not cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not the GameStop's employee's fault that the game sucks. No. I mean, I do have a morbid curiosity on what they did with the map just because I live in that area. But, you know, that it'd be like if they did a, you know, Fallout 76 in Tennessee, you'd at least want to see, you know, you know, what the world is like that they envisioned, right? Yeah. Uh, it does make me wonder. Assuming this has the, you know, the rabid, you know, 
completely blonde fan base that is able to hang on to this game and, you know, generate enough microtransactions because, of course, it has a cosmetic store. Yep, and those card packs for your perk whatevers are uh, rife for microtransactions. Yeah, they they say that they're not going to put monetization in for that. They will. I would be shocked if that you know, isn't in a uh, roadmap somewhere, especially as a last-ditch effort. Because, damn. Yeah. Especially you know, fa- especially as the game matures, because that's the other thing, is that uh, this is a live-service game, and it does have the possibility, granted, I think it's a lot longer shot of a possibility, to pull a No Man's Sky where it could actually be a game after a few hundred patches. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> considering they, uh, considering the track record of Bethesda, that's why I give it a lot more of an outside possibility because Bethesda has gotten lazy and it really saddens me to say it because I absolutely loved Morrowind. I enjoyed uh, Oblivion. I, I wasn't as much of a fan of it, but I think I was more... Uh, in with uh, Morrowind, and maybe going back now, I'd be more favorable to Oblivion just because of modern game mechanics. But Bethesda's just gotten so lazy. Maybe they should give up the development game and just become a publisher and uh, and license out uh, the Fallout license. And I know, I know a game studio I'd love to see them send it to. And no, this isn't in any way connected to a game club game that we've done recently. No, not at all. And maybe actually give them a decent time frame and not fuck them over because the Metacritic score was one point below uh, giving them a, a giant bonus. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> Nah, not at all. So back to the, what you said, Fallout being in Tennessee. I had a quick think about that while you were talking. It would and, be a uh, curiosity if would, it's on deep discount. A, a Fallout game would be great in Tennessee because we have both Watts Bar, um, which is a uh, nuclear power mm-hmm. plant, and Oak Ridge, where the nuclear bomb was developed. So that would be interesting from a lore perspective. Yeah, and considering Tennessee would have been a lot more of a target. Yeah. Um, so that would be fun. Bethesda, and do that next time. I know you're listening. You listen in, obviously. Um, well, fuck Fallout Well, probably not anymore. But you can fix it by making the next Fallout game being be set in Tennessee. Let's do it. Wait, you see what I mean by having a morbid curiosity about just what they did to the, uh, in that area? Yeah. And see if, like, you know, your house is there. <laughs> Or, or, you know, something approximately where your house would be. Yeah, that would be cool. I really want American Truck to get to Tennessee eventually. Maybe they will in, like, ten years as they slowly come east across the United States. We'll have to go to Chattanooga, Nashville, Knoxville. Oh, the West Virginia DLC. If they go off the interstates to some of the highways here, oh, that would be challenge mode. Yeah, Dayton probably wouldn't show up in the map. We're we're too small. Yeah. Although maybe there's some manufacturing coming to Dayton in the next few years. 
Uh, uh, I doubt it. Well, though. unless the tariffs chase it away. Yeah. Uh, don't don't get you started on politics right now. Yeah, let's not do that. We've we've already gone long enough over. So yeah, well, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll save it for post show banter. Fallout seventy six sucks. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, uh, next on our topic list. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say it's community corner, and boy, this is going to be short. Uh, basically, we got nothing. Uh, so, uh, if you wish to actually, you know, put some content in the community corner, send your emails vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us vglpodcast on the Twitter. Indeed. So let's doobly do one over and do a discovery. And I got cube. one instantly. Discovery cube says I viewed all the games for today. I, I had to. I had to, to start a new one, but. Every time I close it and uh, reopen the Steam website, it says that I've uh, viewed all my games, but if I click uh, start a new queue, it takes me right back to where I was. So, Sunset Overdrive. That was an Xbox exclusive, wasn't it? Yes, not anymore, though. I guess not. Uh, Open world um, uh Shoot 'em up, I think it was, with a, a little bit of Jet Set Radio uh, mixed into it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but it's a 20 buck game, so they're sell- uh, selling it at a discount. So, yo, know, it's none of this bullshit, you know, release it uh, several years later at full AAA price. Well, that interests me. Yeah, it's a very, inter- it looked like a very interesting game, but it just fell off my radar because it, you know, it was uh, ex- uh, yeah, Xbox exclusive, so, you know. I just didn't expect to ever be able to play it, but, well, here we are. I mean, it's an Insomniac game. That should give you an idea of the quality of it, right? They typically do pretty good stuff. So, if you're into that sort of game, there you go. Uh Uh-oh. I've got one. I'm way behind on the games in this series, and I don't own any of them. But I need to get on it. Sword Art Online Lost Song. So it looks like this is taking place during season or series two, season one point five, whatever. Uh, in Alfheim Online. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you've got no clue. But have they been releasing like one of these? A year or one of these every six months for the last year, couple of years. I gotta get on this. I love Sword Art Online. And that, that was one of the Sword Art Online was really the show that got me back into anime after a long hiatus. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like, oh, this is cliche mainstream anime. Well, it's mainstream because lots of people like it. Well, at least it's not Black Clover. Ugh. Is this maybe a DLC or an expansion? It's only twenty bucks. Let's see. Does it? It doesn't say you have to have the base game for it, so maybe no. Uh, they do link to the uh, uh, to the Bandcon Namco Entertainment franchise on Steam. That's new. I've never seen that uh, particular thing before, but it doesn't look like it's the yeah, DLC. Cool. On my wish list. Okay, well, I got another one on my second draw, <laughs> and kind of interesting that I used the term draw there. Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales. Single-player, role-playing, uh, kind of almost tabletop-esque uh, Witcher game. 
Supposedly it's not doing as well as uh, CD Projekt Red was hoping, but it looks like it's still pretty positively reviewed. Like, maybe it's just a case of, you know, uh, the name not uh, catching on because, yeah, people see Thronebreaker of Witcher Tale and don't think The Witcher, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, isometric uh, RPG with a, some sort of card battle mechanic, it looks like, according to the screenshots. Maybe Gwent. Uh, I haven't actually played Gwent, so I'm not sure if that actually is Gwent there, but uh, if they're mixing Gwent into it, you know. Uh, that's one thing that I'm a little shocked now that I really think about is that we don't see many games really use the CCG mechanics in a single-player game. Right? Yeah, not really. There's a few. Yeah, there's a handful, but, you know, you don't see that many. It's still at the point where it's a curiosity whenever it happens. So I got another one. If you're... Uh, yeah, there's good. not too much to talk about here. Okay. <laughs> uh, Simple Rockets 2. Oh, uh, that's supposedly really good. Yeah. Um... I mean, I played the first Simple Rockets. I really liked it. Uh, this looks like an improvement, both graphically and interface-wise. Looks like you can do a lot more in it. This looks like, uh, what would that be? The V2 rocket, someone's, that, that they've put together, they're using in the screenshot. Um, and it says that they're uh, working on a planet builder. I don't know if that means you can create your own planets to mess around with. And a campaign mode, which sounds fun. Yeah, I was about to say, I hope that they do some sort of campaign mode. But there we go. Yeah. Looks good, though. I'm uh, I'm in for more games like this. KSP. Oh. Warhammer 40k Mechanitis is mine. Uh, next one. It took a- <laughs> What? Did you just pull that one? No, I didn't. Uh, I pulled an anime movie. Oh game. boy! So we're going. For- it's my one for the week. Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, but, uh, go Warhammer 40k. It's really run the gambit between really good games and really really shit ones. Yeah, much like the one that we're going to be talking about next, I'm sure. Uh, but this looks like it's turn-based tactics. So, uh, Warhammer 40k meets XCOM. Uh. You have my attention, sir. Well, it's a little hard to tell. I'm not sure if there's some sort of cover mechanic. Granted, Warhammer 40k, you don't really need cover because Space Marines in the Warhammer universe count as human, if you use the term very, very loosely. Uh, Based on the lore, they have all sorts of extra organs implanted, all sorts of... uh, enhancements to various bodily systems. There's something like 19 or 20 some different enhancement suites that they go through. So, yeah, they're very loosely very loosely based as human. But, yeah, I'm just clicking through here and it looks, well, it's being suggested to me because I played a Xenonauts. That should give you an idea of where we're going with this, huh? Nice. Yeah, I'm in for that. I'm also in for Love Kami Healing Harem. Oh, God. The third chapter in the Love Kame series tells the story of love, troubles, and more. As Akira helps the... Oh, God. Tataragami? Goddesses that bring misfortune. 
Yukari, Shion, and Keita with their problems. I mean, it's it's anime boobies. Uh, the first tag is nudity. Looks pretty bad. Although it's another one that's got that this new thing. Uh, check out the entire Moe novel franchise. Yeah, maybe that's and it pulls it over to the little, little maybe thing. It it says beta, so it's got to be yeah. new. Uh, maybe that's an update that we missed on the new sweep. But this is cool. It it puts it into like collections. Um, you can see games that are on sale. New releases. This is oh, neat. I got one. Is this a way to aid the the discovery process? Maybe. Maybe. If it is, I kind I like the or, look of this. Now let's or, watch them somehow. Or it's a progression it of their uh, cur- uh, not curator, but their publisher and developer pages. Uh, so yeah, am maybe. I up next? Yeah. You're so up. I got Star Wars Episode One Racer. Ah, <laughs> nice. Uh, about the only thing uh, decent to come out of that extremely overly long uh, pod racing sequence out of uh, episode one was the, what was it, three or four total uh, pod racing games? Most of them were pretty yeah, good. Were... Uh, and this was the one that yeah. kicked it off. Uh, this is the uh, Nintendo 64 variant. Not sure if they did anything to really enhance the game. I mean, the game looks very rough by today's standards, but... Uh, yeah, looking at screenshots isn't really fair for this game because the game moves damn quickly. It has a uh, yeah. I think they up upresed it to or give it you know an, an HD remaster. Yeah, it does look like these screenshots are in proper uh, resolutions or proper modern resolutions. But look at the UI on this and look how pixelated it looks. Yeah, I mean it's it's mm-hmm. old. Um, I had this game for N64. Yeah, I did as well. I actually got it on clearance at Walmart for like five bucks. <laughs> I got it as like a birthday present or something. But I mean, it was great. Yeah. This is, I, I owned two or three of the Podrester games. I know there was one on, there were, there's this one on N64. There was a PlayStation was 1 one. one on PS2. Uh, well, okay, and there's one uh, on PS2. Or was also. it PlayStation 2? I can't remember if it was PS1 or PS2 at that time. I mean, it could have been both. Uh, I know it. Uh, and then there was one I know the uh, well. loading times were just atrocious on it, but then again, you have PlayStation, right? Yeah, pulling it all off the CD. <laughs> but I feel like the N64 one was the best because it gave you the most customization in terms of like being able to upgrade your pod mm-hmm. racer. And I think it had the most racers. I know the, the uh, one I played on PlayStation. I'm not sure if it's PlayStation 2 or uh, or 1. Uh, it had uh, Teenage Anakin. So it wasn't... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, little Kid Annie, right? Uh, little Orphan Annie, huh? Huh? <laughs> Hi-oh. Uh, the sense of speed, though, like, they nailed that in the N64 version better than the one that I played on PS2. Uh, yeah, well, how, it, but they did. I think great. it was the tracks. The tracks were a lot more condensed on the PlayStation uh, One. Uh, uh, they tried to make them more detailed and uh, cram them together, and because of that, you never really yeah. had a time uh, like on the Tatooine track where you have that long. Well, it's not really a straightaway, but it's like this long curve throughout the desert after you go through the canyon. You're able to hit top speed and you know, really hit the boosters and you know, get that great sense of speed. On the tracks I played on the PlayStation, there was nothing like that. Never anything close. Yeah. The N64 really understood that 
you had to, you know, get that long, fast uh, section. Green, you know, there was often a, uh, some sort of obstacle they had to avoid, but, eh, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's pod racing, right? Now this is pod racing. Oh, that was pod racing, because that was the last game of my queue. Well, let's see, I got... Nope, episode one racer also. You just talked about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I did get uh, your sort of online, and I got a couple really trash games. Uh, that is it for me. So. Four and three. It's going to be fun. Excellent. It's going to be fun going through the uh, uh, Steam Discovery queue list and looking back at in the year for this uh for the VGL awards. Cuz indeed I accidentally like bit a piece off of the my cough drop and Ew. It's got like this weird like mouth taste. What you're tasting your mouth? I guess. Nah. It's no bueno. No bueno. Cough drops are meant to be sucked, not chewed. Yeah, you're supposed to suck not bite. Just just like penises. Uh. Speaking of penises, welcome to the portion of the podcast where I go first. Uh, and and now for your next where... trick, you're going to eat a bag of dicks? Absolutely. Just the whole bag of dicks. On the YouTubes. Not not actually going to eat dicks. I have eaten penis before, but it was cow penis. So Yeah, that hardly counts. I don't know if that counts. No, no, you got you uh, got to go full. What was it, Jeffrey Dahmer? Did he? Eat I, 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 dicks? I'm, I'm blanking on which one it was that uh, met a guy and uh, fed him his own dick. Oh no, I'm, it's a. I didn't sleep well the last couple of days, so I'm kind of blanking a lot today. I'm blanking a lot. You're uh, wired as fuck. This is now in my search history. Serial killer that fed victim his own penis. All right. So welcome to the portion of the podcast where I go first. (laughs) If you want to find my things on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at JMA4707. If you want to be my friend on Steam, you can send a friend request to jarrether4707. I accept all of those lovely friend requests from you lovely people and have chats with you guys every week. And, uh, yeah. Disclaimer for what's in the post or what's after the credits. It involves things that were enough to make me go. (laughs) And if you wish to also make him go uh, and send him the password for the week, it is, that is one big pile of shit. (laughs) <laughs> well now I gotta go watch Jurassic Park because you need to hear the quote that is one big pile of shit and of course you also Indeed. now know what the gif is going to be this week I can handle that <laughs> it's a good gif alright what about and you very buddy? telling isn't it Indeed. oh well not much going on on my YouTube channel because well I hurt my well, ribs, shoulder uh, uh, Friday, so that l- lost me my recording days because, 
Yeah, trying to breathe whenever, you know, your ribs is sore, you know, not fun. And in order to record and not go, you know, just say a couple of words and then have to take a break and take another, yeah, not fun. So I ended up not recording and not streaming. So I'm just on my backlog of RimWorld stuff for the time being. And I have one episode left of Spin Tires because... Uh, between the two of us, we just haven't been able to record lately. <laughs> Either you've been spent, I've been spent, we've had uh, issues. We're going to have to get on that, right? Yeah. So, uh, I- I've been rationing out spin tires as much as I can and just doing one episode a week. Hopefully that'll uh, end. And not in the, oh, well, I'm out of episodes way. So, we'll have to see about that. RimWorld's still going strong, though. And, uh, yeah, there's always the random wackiness that is RimWorld. <laughs> I actually forgot about a rim in that uh, game, and it kind of came back to bite me in the ass uh, the last episode I released. If you wish to find out more uh, about that, you can check it out over at uh, Game with Caffeine Rage on the YouTubes, or occasionally I stream on Twitch. It seems like something always gets in the way. Either, you know, I've hurt myself or... Well, we have to record spin tires because we missed Monday or something else. But I'll uh, try to stream on Twitch when I can. That is caffeine underscore rage. And since I have, you know, far, far, far away from an actual decent schedule on that, you'll have to go over to my Twitch gaming with CR and get a little bit of a forewarning. Or I do mention it on Discord, but. Yeah, uh, I think Twitch is the better option there, don't you think? I think so, too. And something else I think is that, <clears throat> oh, for one, my voice is trying to give out. I talked too much in the beginning of the episode, so I had to shut up for most of it. Which I'm sure that makes this a very popular episode. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, once again, you could reach us at VGLpodcast at gmail.com with your letters voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us, VGL Podcast, on the Twitter. Our patrons have really made this podcast a lot more possible than what it otherwise would be, and we are very, very thankful to you. If you wish to help uh, support the podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com slash Podcast, which has paid for our Podbean account which hosts our RSS feed, our show notes, links to all our junk online. And, well, you can find that over vglpodcast.podbean.com. But you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and, well, where most decent shows are found, right? Stitcher. Spreaker. We're not on Spreaker (laughs) anymore because they suck. Uh, Anymore? Did you ever get that to work? No, not really. I mean, there were a few episodes there at one point. Well, I'll tell you what does work. Our intro and outro music, On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Q music, Doobly Doo, by the same artist. His work can be found at Incomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, boo-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye. Yeah, you may want to turn off because what's coming up really grossed out Jared and that's saying something just forewarning to you it did it's pretty rough I mean it's bad for him 
It, it made his penis want to oh. retreat inside his body. I mean, that says something. It, dude, it did do that. Also, happy Thanksgiving if you're an American, and just happy whatever day you're listening to this if you're not. Seven of the most stomach-churning cannibal killers of all time. Well, it'll be there if it's a, if it's an actual story. Uh, eight people that he killed. Um. Oh God. <laughs> he would. This dude like killed people while he was fucking them, and then he. Would so eat basic them. instinct. Oh, gee. Oh, he would eat the uteruses, uteri of his female victims and the testicles of his male victims. Well, at least he didn't discriminate. So, you know, he he had that going for him, which is nice. Um, Eight over 70 people. Boy, he was hungry. Oh, this guy ate human meat that he grilled with lemons bastard you're supposed to grilled the lemons. you're supposed to use lime <laughs> or it may be oranges but only if they're asian is that racist oh god no here it is armin mywas okay so i was uh, so i was just grabbing a name at random but Hey, it's a thing. Yeah. He cut off this guy's penis and made him eat it. And then... Uh, he couldn't eat it raw. Then the guy cooked it and fed it to him. Then he fed the rest of it to his dog. And then the serial killer gave the guy a cocktail to numb the pain and then killed him. Boy, he... It didn't start off with the cocktail? No. No, he did not. All right, that's enough internet for today. (laughs) You know it's bad whenever you get weirded out. Yeah, my my penis feels weird right now. But not like in a good way. (laughs) Just it's like... Like, it's being like, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is not what you're supposed to, like, do for me. Uh, it's trying to retreat into your abdom- uh, abdominal ca- cavity now? <laughs> yeah. It, it's Anyways, just scary out here. <laughs> I may actually cut that out and put it as post credits or something. That's kind of intense. That might be too intense for some people. That's probably a good idea. Um, Timestamp. Looking. Got it.